Welcome back to the Unjaded Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with one of my great friends, Patrick Hayes. Patrick is a 20-something that is an absolute genius when it comes to pairing brands with athletes and a guru when it comes to marketing. In this episode, we talk about how he went from being a water boy at University of Oklahoma to doing marketing for top NFL and NBA athletes. Beyond his career, Patrick is an absolute storm in this industry that is proud of tradition. He is a reason I want to be where I am. He's a reason the storm is coming. I'm so excited to have you all listen to this episode. He's my biggest motivation, inspiration. It's where it all comes from. I hope you enjoy. You're too young. Oh, it's too high level. You shouldn't publish this yet. This is the Unjaded Podcast. finally able to do this <laughs> this is awesome i've waited for this for a very long time thank you for having me <laughs> i know i know i've been talking about this for a while so finally <laughs> well i'm proud of you for it. doing it proud thanks. of you for doing it yes this is awesome thanks yeah i think i was it was more so like i was comparing myself to like other like podcast gurus like what did, what did we say about comparing ourselves i know it's never good right <laughs> never good so yeah happy to have you on this i'm just I'm now going for the the mentality of like, it's not going to be perfect, but I just got to get it going and just got to get it out there because there's so many cool stories to, to share and tell, you know, to other people. So just yep. you know, put it out there. So absolutely. Yeah. So a little bit of background about us for people maybe listening. Uh, I worked with Patrick uh, in sports when I first entered the industry. Immediately when I met you, I was so intimidated by you at first. I think when I first called you, I was so scared because this guy is a marketing guru. Like he is marketing, knows so many about brands. He's like the encyclopedia of brands. He knows so much about it. And you're so young still. So, so happy to have you on this. Well, I appreciate that. And for all those that don't know me, I'm about five, six, a buck 45 with a smile on my face often. So yeah, I, I can imagine that was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, just, just so scary. <laughs> no, I appreciate, I appreciate the words though. Yeah, of course. So maybe just talk, um, start talking maybe a little bit about you, uh, your background and kind of what you do now, what got you into what you're doing now. Absolutely. Um, I am originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. I was born and raised there. Um, I think I carry that throughout pretty much everything I do. My personality, as you can probably attest to, an easygoing, fun-loving kind of way. Um, I then went to the University of Oklahoma. Um, I graduated high school in 2009. So my freshman year at OU was 2009. And going in there, I chose to go to OU because um, I had my dad's side of the family down there. There was a lot of being from you know the home uh, hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska, capital. There, everyone pretty much stayed home, and went to school at Nebraska Creighton, Nebraska Wesleyan, and you know athletics was a big thing for a lot of people. You know they they didn't want to hang up the cleats and all that. And for me, you know I wasn't fortunate enough to have that athletic career to continue to even have that um, option to go to. So I knew I wanted to get out of there, and having some family down there, um, right outside of Oklahoma City, was super valuable and, and key. This is my first time moving away. You know, you kind of have those reservations, but nonetheless, I just, I honestly wanted to do it. I just kind of pulled the trigger and just like, you know, once you put your mind to it, go do it. And so, um, I will admit that it was a pretty rough time to start. Honestly, um, got pretty lucky. I had a random roommate who were still best friends to this day. Um, and I, if I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't have gotten through it. You know, a local Oklahoma kid who 
had a lot of different friends, but that was really tough for me at first. And, um, you know, it really affected kind of my grades, you know, in a way I was a kid who always got 4.0 and kind of had it really easy. Um, but it wasn't until you get in there in a new environment, you start having these challenges and you got to manage your time a little bit better. And so it was, it was really tough for me. And it really kind of, uh, started the first moment of doubt in what I really, who I really was and what I really wanted to do. You know, when you kind of see something dip in you know, your GPA lower than you've ever even seen before, you know, you kind of start questioning some things, you start getting those phone calls from back home, like what's going on here. And so at that time I was, it was like an undeclared, more business type, you know, I have a creative entrepreneurial spirit in me, but I wasn't sure. And um, so I kind of, in a way for me, I took the easy way out. Just like, let me just, you know, run with it and I'll figure figure it kind of out. Um, and it wasn't through, you know, just really sitting back and being like, okay, my grades are terrible. Um, I really, should I even be here? But then again, like I'm going against everything if I'm not here, you know? And so yeah. I ended up changing my major to go complete opposite and I went pre-med. So I wanted to become a physical wow. therapist. Why do you yeah. think you did that? Um, it was, you know, when I, th when I was really digging deep and, and this kind of sounds funny, but I'm just so injury prone, so injury prone. And from basically the day I got out, I was, you know, doing physical therapy and rehab for something going on. So it was something that I, I knew how it worked. It was in sports. I was around, you know, people that you idolize or look up to or want to become, right. you know, someday. And that was kind of just like, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty smart kid. I can connect the dots here. I've gone through it. You know, I have to learn a whole lot. You know, I've, I've done the exercises. I've put in the time to understand what's wrong with my body to make it better, to implement that for someone else. So, uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, where I'm getting towards the end of my college career. That's just, it's through those life experiences. And I think that's just life in general, you know? And so, um, unfortunately had, had to pay a year of out-of-state tuition to get, to get my mind right, but that's okay. That's all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did, I did, uh, two years, two, two and a half, three years of, um, pre-med, all that jazz. I was a, a athletic trainer for the OU track and field team to start, which was really cool for me because it's, and not to discredit the sport, but football, you know, they, they make so much money in the football right. with OU that track, you know, I was a lot more hands-on. They didn't have those team doctors, so to say. So I was the go-to guy wrapping the ankles, diagnosing with medicine, getting the ankles taped, all that stuff. And um, that was a really cool experience for me. It was, it was really tough and understanding, you know, more of the anatomy and, um, and then I got the award of going to football, you know, that's what everyone wants. But instead you kind of go from being an athletic trainer to actually like physically getting these people back in shape and correcting what's wrong with them to then having just water bottles and Gatorades in your hands. Um, but you kind of, <laughs> kind of trade it off. You kind of trade it off for it. So, right. uh, yeah, it was honestly, and then, and then how I switched to, I know, right. You're going to think, wow, three years of that one year of business. How could you switch a major? Well, I did, <laughs> I did that. And, um, when I was, when I was athletic training for the football team, that was my yes, junior second semester, junior heading into um, senior year, my actual senior year. And I was just like, I, I knew I, I kind of had to make that switch. I understood the guy's personalities more than I really liked helping them out. Like they're just whining all the time. This hurts, that hurts. And then you have the coaches and the other doctors saying, don't help him. He's fine. Like who to believe, you know, and I'm this 19, 20 year old kid who, you know, these 310 pound guys that are asking for some Tylenol, like, yeah, I'm going to give you some Tylenol, dude, you know? So um, but it, it was through that. And I was like, I, I don't really want to do this anymore, but I don't want to leave this. I have so many relationships. This was also the time of when Twitter and Instagram were just 
just kind of not launching, but getting really going where you would reach out to one of your favorite athletes. Can you give me a retweet? You know, like that was everything. Can you give me an RT? Like that was literally that filled my whole timeline. And I was having class with some of these kids and their your peers, you know, were tweeting at them like this. That's when I knew there was something there. They, there, there was a bigger play other than just making sure that they performed on the field. That's great and all, but I'm a personality guy. Like when I talk to you, I'll figure out kind of who you are pretty quickly right? and I'll gather their personality. So I quickly, I, uh, I was, I, so I entered the journalism school, um, entering my fourth year. Uh, yes, there was a fifth. Okay. And so my fourth year. And so I, I majored in, um, public relations. So I was a senior in all freshman classes, like, uh, beginning of, or what is it? The intro to marketing, intro to advertising, those yeah. 1000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it was different. And I was the only one who raised my hand as, as a senior there in like a 250 person class. Cause OU has a really, really nice journalism department. It's, it's fantastic. And I don't know how they rate, you know, like actual departments in schools, but um, there's right. some, you know, really big ABC war correspondents and people who've been there, done that versus having that teacher who, and I hate to say this, but in, in my medical classes, it was grad students who were obligated to teach that these journalism yeah. teachers, it's just the passion is yeah, there. Right. And also like the real life experiences. Ex- exactly. Much. So I went from just yeah. reading, like, why did I show up for class every day? Like it didn't matter. Cause I go home and read the slides anyways. So Exactly. And so when, you know, when I entered journalism, that was part of it was I met so many different teachers who own their own agencies in LA and New York. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't hear about that stuff. And so that's yeah. really, you know, I wanted to utilize that. I knew a lot of the, specifically the football players uh, at the time. And obviously, you know, Oklahoma being a big 12 school and a really popular school, a lot of students there, you know, it was, it was a good thing for me to get involved in. And so as an intern, I was uh, doing the graphic designs for the football team. And imagine now like how expensive those jobs are because it's everything to have content these days. Um, your boy here. Yeah, I was, uh, I was doing all the graphics. <laughs> I, I taught my, You're my uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I have no idea, no idea how we made it through, but they worked nonetheless. They worked. Yeah. And that's also like a good position to way to position yourself. Cause I know a lot of football players are like, Oh, you did this sick graphic about me. Cool. I'm going to post yep. it. And like, that's how you develop those relationships. Right. Yeah. That's funny that you said that. So as soon as I switched, I, um, there was an internship, um, within the digital media department at OU. And so I went there and applied and they had just brought over some genius from, I believe Washington state. And he like, was really getting ahead of the game in the digital for Washington state. OU brought him on, but the issue was he didn't know the players or their personalities. So it was just kind of a good fit for me to come on and game days. I would sit up in the press box while he was creating the graph, like the actual, you know, gra- game day graphics that can't be messed up by a 21 year old. Um, I was sitting right there like, Hey, you know, Kenny made that catch or this person made the tackle or the flags on this person. Cause I knew every single one of the guys. So it just yeah. became a, a habit. Once I started that, I, turned in my Gatorade bottles for a camera and I actually was in the huddles then like, you know, I was, my, my position was the linebackers. I was with them every single day at practice. And so literally I knew all of them. Like you said, they all want pictures. They all want content of themselves. You know, everyone likes to show off. And so it was a really easy transition. And, and I almost felt like they loved me even more. Like, Hey, take my picture. Like, who are you? You just have, you just have a water there, you know, like, and that's nothing (laughs) special. So yeah, that's so crazy. And it's even more crazy that you didn't have your degree in photography. You weren't even majoring in photography or graphic Mm-mm. design, but you just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and I'm just going to try to do it. So did you have any like sort of imposter syndrome, like not 
majoring in photography and not majoring in graphic design, but doing it for a world-class college football Let me put it like this. I finished my minor in exercise science before I even started my major in journalism. So yeah, (laughs) it's, um, I, I can't believe it myself. That is crazy. How did did you, you were just like, I'm just going to go for this. They, I mean, you give some basic ones. Um, YouTube helps like my actual boss there. He'd show me the basics of doing it all. But at the end of the day, like he was so busy, you know? And so that was like, what, 2012, 2013. So that's seven, eight years ago. A lot's changed right. since then. You know, the teams are bigger. The how big um, the digital departments are for universities. It's like the money maker. You know, look at what happens on um, these these kids when they're choosing their what is it called uh, national letter of intent day or whatever they're signing with their yeah. schools. The you know, day. it's just mm-hmm. like that's that's huge, and that's like everything. Totally. And so, the cool factor of what we've seen some different schools do. You know, it's like it's a production. And so, think yeah. back seven, eight years ago. That was me. Uh, and now I don't even know how to press, you know, control, alt, delete. So <laughs> that's crazy. Uh-huh. And just such an amazing story. And I know that the amazing story does not stop here because you had a great experience at Oklahoma, great experience with the football team and the players. But what happened after you graduated? Yeah, sorry. I probably spent too much time on that, uh, trying to decide on my life moves right there. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, well, yeah, I was in my um, fifth year. It was my last semester when I was at OU. At OU, this was 2014. Um, I was thinking about was you know what's that next move? Everyone comes at you and they're like, yo, like what are you gonna do? And then you start seeing people start getting jobs and you're freaking out. You're like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. You know that is. I, did you say that to yourself? I, I, you're gonna be lying to me if you didn't. You know, like everyone yeah. says that. Oh, of course I did. So yeah. I was looking back home. You know, okay, let me go back home. My friends are there. My parents are still there. Um, and there was a couple different companies that were in sports. First one being Huddle, and Huddle is an absolute empire. They're in all these countries. They do like video software for um, all these different teams, leagues, players to like see their highlight reels. And so that's how guys get recruited. So that was a big okay. one, like massive. And their headquarters is still in um, Lincoln, where I'm from today. And then the other one was okay. Open Doors, and they were a fresh, fresh startup. And I was, and so I actually took an internship while I was at OU by writing um, like. I don't know, blogs for them once a week. Okay. Like, and what is Open Doors? Open Doors do? connects athletes and brands uh, to do um, social media campaigns. They also partner with teams and leagues to help provide that content to their players for easy access. So imagine, okay. imagine like coming out of practice someday. Uh, you could be in the college, high school, college, or pro level. And, you know, you had a photographer there that day at practice. Well, by the time that you get back to your locker, um, that content will already be pushed through open doors to you. So you don't have to go find it and all that stuff. So it's a really incredible tool. They're an NFLPA licensee. And so that then when they turned their licensee with them on, um, that was in 2014 when I was interning and then I went back to Nebraska and um, tried to get like a full-time position there. And mm-hmm. so they offered me an internship for like $10 an hour. And I was just like, hell yeah, like I want to be there. You know, it's in Lincoln, it's sports. I get to be around, you know, people that I watch every single day on TV. Um, And it was really good people. And so I ended up uh, taking that and the head of talent relations who hired me, not the actual CEO, there's seven, I think I was like seventh or eighth employee at Open Doors. Now they're an absolute empire doing crazy cool things. A couple different offices around the US now, crazy where it's come from, you know? And so 
It's crazy that you kind yeah. of started with them when they mm-hmm. were nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Huge fan of theirs today. Um, and so for me, like, uh, it was difficult because the girl who hired me, she actually left after my third week there. So I became head of oh, talent okay. relations as an intern at Open Doors. And <gasps> honestly, you know, and the CEO, Blake Lawrence and Adi Kanalik, like those guys are mentors and, um, you know, had another guy, Andrew Benner come through there on the marketing side. And like those, that's the groundwork for where I am today, you know? And so I was at Open Doors for almost two years there. And I was, you know, directing a lot of the athlete marketing rep agent conversations about, you know, understanding how to utilize the platform in the digital space. And, uh, you know, you can make money off of your social media accounts back then. Now it's like, it's everywhere, but back then it was like a new thing. So, you know, it was cool to be a part of that transition. It was cool to be working for a company that was revolutionizing the digital space. And that's, you know, really what set the groundwork for, you know, me moving out here into LA to actually do more hands-on working with athletes. Yeah. Just like literally such an amazing, amazing story. And you, I remember you telling me, uh, pass on how many, how many years we've been friends, like three years, two years. Um, I remember you telling me that, you know, when I first started and I was so scared to talk to clients, you're like, Alex, snap out of it. It's fine. And I was like, oh, I'm just scared because I'm young and I'm, I'm just out of college. Like, how can I talk to these brands? How can I talk to these clients? Why would they listen to me? And I remember you telling me something that I'll always remember. You said I was literally in a basement and I was speaking <laughs> like a feather when I was first talking to my first brand. So maybe like get, talk about that story and like how you expanded, you know, your your fear and you kind of just went for it and just had to go for it mentality despite being scared. Experience is everything. I'll tell you that. I I mean, yeah. uh, shaking, sweating. Um... <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. I, to this day, same thing. I was working at open doors. Yeah. I was in the basement of where we worked. I mean, there was only like 10 of us there at the time. And I went to a nice little small room, got on with the NFL PA. And also it was just that wake up moment of like, okay, dude, like this is the real world. You kind of got to do a little bit more homework on what you're actually selling. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, I can yeah. speak all day long. If I don't, you know, come off like this or I know what I'm saying, then who's going to even want to talk to me. And so it was, it was just like, okay. And I even went back and I admitted to everyone. I was like, I failed. I messed up. I messed up, you know, and <laughs> everyone's got your back type of thing, but like, you got to go through that, you know, like not everything's going to be a layup for you. And so you take that and like, I mean, why do I still remember that to this day? Why do you remember that to this day? You know, like things like that, where those are the moments, those are key moments that really, you know, change your life in a way. And it, yeah. and it has a realization that you have to come to at certain points to connect the dots. Yeah, I think I, it's such a great point. I think it resonated with me was because it was so true. Like even someone who has been so successful as you being so young, you still had to start from, you know, zero when you were scared and you were shaking, but you just kind of have to go for it. And like you said, it's just the experience. The more you do it, the easier. Yeah. I mean, I will be the first to admit, I mean, the Nebraska roots run pretty deep. I was too nice. I was too soft, honestly. Like, I, you know, I didn't have an older brother beat me up every single day. So some of these things you really, these life events, you really just got to be like, all right, well, you know, it's a negative, but you got to turn into a positive. You know, I think that's just like the easiest thing to do is just hang your head because it doesn't have to happen often or whatever. And so, um, you know, we're never going to be perfect, but we can always keep learning. And that's the thing. Every single day you learn. So true. And speaking of Nebraska roots, how does a kid from Nebraska end up in West Hollywood? Uh, you write it down on a notebook piece of paper and you say that you're going to go do it and then you just go do it. 
<laughs> Man, no, I did actually do that though. And two months later, not even a month later, I got offered a job. I'll remember that. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, you literally wrote uh, when you were working in in LinkedIn mm-hmm. for Open Doors. You literally I'm gonna wrote move down, to LA and work for a agency. Yeah, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Can't you? And then two months later, yeah, less than two months later, two months later, I moved out there. Actually, yeah. It was pretty crazy, oh but like, gosh. I just, I don't know, honestly, like going back to, and, and this might be the wrong word. I'll just say it though. Like the failures, for instance, like all growing up, I was on the best select sports teams. We had just incredible basketball, soccer, baseball. So like, we never lost, you know, like I never really knew what that yeah. felt like. And you even hear to this day, like Kyler Murray lost his first game this like, like in college, you know, like something out like crazy like that. And so like, yeah. I just you know, like I, I, that was what was going on. Like when I entered high school, I never lost a game. When I was 13, I was playing up in U17. Like that's how good we were. And then honestly, my mm-hmm. freshman year, I didn't make um, the freshman basketball or baseball team. And I thought I was pretty good, you know, and it's like, goodness. And um, I just, <laughs> it's kind of an open, open yeah, I was just like, I never, like, no longer in the not to have an anymore. ego about it, but like, I just never in a million years yeah. saw that. So I think that I've harnessed right. whatever, and, and maybe this is what everyone says, but harness what everyone does say. I remember everything anyone says, I will store it in the back of my mind forever and I won't let it get the best <laughs> of me, but I do know how it's going to motivate me, you know? And so like, I, in, and it's in the sports world, but like, I just, I know how much that crushed me and it was over and over again. And like, you know, I'm at this, at the end of the day too, I'm, I have a five, seven frame. I'm not that big. You come to reality of like that crush you, but like, okay, I didn't get that experience in life. So I'm going to go make my own experience. You know, like I, I, I like there would have been nothing better than when I was a senior, when I finally made varsity after I had what I thought was going to be like life ending spine surgery that I went through in high school, which is another story. And I ended up recovering for after a year and then I played soccer and like, we were the best team and three things had to happen not to go to state on that one day and three things happened. And that was just like one of those things where in state of Nebraska, soccer is so big. And for me to be in a stadium, I never played in, you know, like in front of anyone less than like a high school soccer, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just, so those moments, you know, I think you set those expectations of what do you want to do in life? You know, and not all of them will come true. But like, you're still going to go after in some way. And each of those that maybe you don't are going to feel to get to the other ones. That is just, I mean, that's so powerful. A lot of things that you said there, it's just so powerful and so true. And I don't think a lot of people have it. And you know, like, you know, like you're from Nebraska, you're from the Midwest and people like you're saying, don't leave. They typically don't leave. They don't go out and do something. How do you think you develop this mentality? Because it is not, it's not common. I think everyone's got it. I don't, I don't think that I thought I had this a while back. Wow. I think I was, I honestly, like I never picked fights. I was shy. Like I was, uh, yeah. I, um, I think that, I think there's almost like a switch that kind of flips sometimes. Yeah. And mine maybe was a little bit overdue, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there was just different ways that you do harness it, you know, everyone's different in their situations that they're around for me, like maybe the situations I wasn't around, you know, would have fueled me in another way, you Mm -hmm. know, but the way it did fuel me, like I wanted those moments and I didn't want to be like the guy that's known, but I at least wanted to be surrounding by it. And, you know, if I can't be that 
six four basketball player who gets you to go to play for Coach K at Duke and then gets drafted first round to go to the NBA. You know, it's like living through that is pretty cool too. Right. And um, you know, it's it's not on the scale that they personally accomplished but like how you grow in life together you know mm-hmm. like you instantly start sharing those memories in two different paths that all of a sudden meet and how'd you get from one place to another and like um this is another story but like you have a good dude like mike conley and he signed a massive massive deal back mike in the conley day. for everyone everyone talk mm-hmm. everyone listening maybe mike conley was a basketball player for ohio state what round did he go in the in the nba draft First round, fourth first, overall. And he was had one of the biggest contracts in history of the NBA, first, right? Yeah, he was the highest paid NBA player of all time at, in 2016. That's when I started working with him. And um, and so what happened was, and, and this is not a, a sob story by any means, it's just kind of unfortunate timing with certain things that came up, but I ended up not having a place to really live month two being out there. And um things fell through and I was, you know, from couch to couch to in my car and not knowing where I was going to sleep some nights. And, and all of a sudden, you know, that day comes when Mike Conley agrees to a five-year $153 million deal uh, to sign back with the Grizzlies. And I was with Mike the weekend before and like, you know, he's in sweatpants and socks and sandals, the same type of, you know, fit that I would wear. And you would never know that he has this stuff. And I really resonated with that. And so I instantly was like, yeah, this is, this is what it's about. Like, this is my guy. But then like all of a sudden I started getting messages from people that were, Hey, when are we going to get on a private plane to Vegas? Hey, did you buy your Ferrari yet? Like, did you buy a house? And wow. And like, do you know what that does to someone who's literally living in their car, knowing that their client just, you know, could buy <laughs> Island after Island and house after house. And here you are, you know, not knowing where you're going to, yeah. you know, be the next time. And so again, like I didn't say in that realm, but like, I became closer with Mike after that. Mm-hmm. And there's other elements other than, you know, what you dream and what you see that you can incorporate in that. And like Mike hopefully will be a brother to me for life, you mm-hmm. know, without even me representing him because there was a connection there and, right. you know, like without him, I wouldn't be where I am. And so, you know, but as a human being for him to, you know, be there for me, just, you know, just as a brother, honestly, man, I'm here for you. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that you don't hear about. And honestly, like that's what you strive for. Totally. And that's such a great point, especially in the industry you're in and entering the sports entertainment industry. When you first moved to LA, I feel like a lot of people think it's about the glamour and it's about the Ferrari and it's about Mm -hmm. the mansion, but how you actually build connections with people is by having that brotherhood, by having those relationships and saying, I got your back. And I feel like it's when you go through hard times, you still believe in that person and they trust you. And that's what kind of makes your career more so than buying the Ferrari or making a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not only like you learn from, from your mistakes, but you learn from other people's mistakes. And like, I just will never change who I am. I'll never like really filter what I have to say unless I really need to, but like, you'll get the truth from me. And I think that goes a long ways. And that's what I really, you know, want to bring more out in this industry. There's a lot of good in it. And there's a lot of stuff that obviously, you know, probably frowned upon and not necessarily my style. And so mm-hmm. again, like you come out here and it does get the best of people. And everyone's like, is it LA? Is it LA? Well, everyone who comes out here is more a transplant from another place. It's that mentality that you have. It's on you. You know, like mm-hmm. some of my guys took me to the clubs and we had, you know, bottles and, and tables and all that, that I didn't have to pay for, but you quickly understand that that's not the norm, but for certain people, they get caught in that, you know, for me, Mm -hmm. that was like, Oh, this is cool. But like, 
somehow you got to stay grounded enough to not just be like, Hey, when are we going to do this again? When are we going to do that? And then the next that you're going to get in trouble the next time you do it, because then that expectation is set that it's always going to be free or that you're always a part of it. And then there's more than just getting caught up in the scene that goes wrong. You know, your relationship yeah. with that person, your mentality, like the connections, like there's so many things that could go wrong. Totally. Totally. And so with that, how do you think your mentality, I know you've been through the war with, even like fighting to be in the sports industry, it's freaking tough. Mm-hmm. It is a war to fight your way into to be the to be in this industry to have people trust you. Um, you you see a lot of things you don't want to see. You have to deal with things you don't want to deal with. How do you think your mindset has changed to that? How old were you when you went to LA? Twenty six. Twenty six to now. 20, twenty five. Wait, I'm twenty nine. I moved out here in twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Yeah, so 25-year-old Patrick to 29-year-old Patrick. How do you think you've changed? A lot's changed. Uh, I was pretty naive, honestly. Um, I pretty much listened to what everyone told me. And mm-hmm. while it's good to listen, I also think it's it's also like kind of doing your own research as well. Like you hear some absolutely insane stuff that comes out of people's mouths or their ideas, mm-hmm. and you got to wonder like, what? Like, how did you even think that? Um so I, I, I think I, you know, even got myself into trouble by listening to people and it, it's, you know, it's, again, it's just going through it. And just, mm-hmm. again, the people who I have in my corner has changed. The people who I ask for advice has changed. The people, you know, a lot around me in some sort of elements has changed. And it's not like necessarily a replace, but it's an addition to that's going to help support you. And sometimes you just get caught up in the same people helping you or that same group. And like, you know, I've met so many people out here from so many different backgrounds. And like, that's what I personally want to accomplish. Like, I want to get to know as many people as I can and understand what they went through because it takes something like me living out of my car. And that's such a minuscule thing to compare to what other people have been through. And so it's, it's just really wrapping your mind around, you know, those different stories. So. I love that. And I feel like after doing a few interviews for this podcast, a big common denominator that people tell me is to be careful who whose advice you listen to. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love that. And I think it's so true because I feel like even with me, when I first entered the industry, I listened to everyone's advice, everyone. And then it caught into you can't do it, but you can, you can do it, you can. And I either had a choice to believe in myself or not believe in myself. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you want to choose people who believe in you Mm -hmm. and like they're in your corner and the advice sometimes, like I have to tell myself, like, who is this person who is giving me advice right now? Mm -hmm. Like, are they successful? Have they done it? Do I want to be like them? If not, don't take the advice. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into understanding someone, you know, not just by their accomplishments of representing someone, but you know, their life values, how they carry themselves. Like it all goes into, you know, those different factors. Totally. I love it. I mean, it's just so much great piece of wisdom. And you said this a little bit um, earlier, but I want to circle back to it because I think it's so important. Another thing you've told me over the past couple of years that I have always remembered and I tell everyone this, you said when you first started in Oklahoma, and I know you do this now and I know you you find this so important, is that the people who create the content have the power. And I tell so many students this when they want to go into marketing or sports or anything that's a hard thing to get your foot in the door. And I always say people who create the content have the power. Yeah. Can you just explain what that means? I mean, you like 
this day and age, and even what we talked about going back to my water boy and cameraman days, they're getting the huddle. Like they all want photos of themselves, you know? And I think that even, I mean, look at all these sporting events, right? Like the tip off to the NBA finals, how many cell phones are out there? Like everyone's trying to capture that. And like, it's just, it's, it's everywhere. We're not even living in the moment, honestly. And so that's just kind of like what everyone first goes to. Right. And mm-hmm. for example, Antonio Brown, what we saw over the course of his couple months during the off season of what he was doing, what he wasn't doing and some of the actions, like if you go back to when he got that call, when he got that call from his agent saying that he was going to go play for the Patriots, who was there? His, his film crew, his film crew yeah. was there. Think about this. He woke up or his first move was to call his film crew first and have them be in the room before anyone else. And that's just like wow. the trend, you know, it's like even looking at Ben Simmons, he's hired um, 76ers photographer who absolutely crushes it. You know, it's like, keep that mm-hmm. same consistency, understand how to grow your brand and then stick to that person. And honestly, like you see more times than not, you know, like these guys have their quote unquote entourage, but at least someone in there will be able to, you know, have that if they're, you know, big enough, maybe um, not everyone needs that, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, if it's, yeah. it's readily accessible, then um, that's, that's where they're going to go first. And that's where they're going to be right. homies more first because they made them look mm-hmm. cool. And then you hit up your agent for whenever you want to make the big bucks. Right. You know, so it, everyone plays their role, but nowadays you really do start seeing that the content is really, really, really taking over. And so um, I love that. Especially like, yeah, social media is huge now. And just if you create the content, you're providing value for people. Mm-hmm. And if you can provide value, then you make yourself irreplaceable. Totally. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, just, I just wanted to touch on that because I totally forgot yeah. to mention that earlier because um, we kind of got going here. But I, I know that like a lot has happened since 25 year old Patrick went to LA, um, but just condensing it a little bit shorter. Um, how do you, I know so much has changed mm. in your life in a year, but how do you think you've grown? Where do you even begin? You know, I think first off <laughs> as a person, um, you grow first as a person that's going to lead you to your professional life, you know? And again, it, it's, it's a lot of the things I talked about and I don't want those just to be the answers, but a lot of the time it's trust how you carry yourself and the circles that you're around, the way you come off, the way that people can perceive that, you know, and, um, it's it, there was and then it gets to be a point where like you kind of stress yourself out because you're overthinking things and it doesn't need to be the case like that you know and just like you take every day like learn something every single day you don't freak out about it it's all about you know how can you make that a solution instead and so you don't really hang yeah. your head on it you know like you're going to gradually grow through it it's a, a you know whatever you're doing so totally and you experience a lot of a lot of things that most people don't mm-hmm. when they're before they're 30, <laughs> right? You got very lows, very highs, you know, really, really young, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And how you even got your foot in the door so young still to this day, how do you position being younger than 30 as a strength? I think it's the ultimate strength because I think that the, um, you know, the younger generation is what's going to rule now, you know, like they're mm-hmm. all on the digital, they're all ahead of the game. They know what's happening first in the technology world, which is going to run our country, you know? And so at first glance, like that's what they're going to resonate to first is that youthfulness. And I understand that. And it's maybe a little bit of that cool factor versus what 
you know, normally comes in there and what they normally get to deal with. So, um, yeah, I, I think that like, again, you know, sometimes age plays into it. Sometimes I really don't like to make it a part of that, but I think mm -hmm. that just what we're growing up with now is just a little bit different. I don't think it's a mentality change or anything. It's more just how the world has grown with us a little bit more in our youth where what, what has grown is what we utilize the most. If that makes sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, totally. I just think that that is quicker. It's understandable. It They relate a little bit more. Um, but it does. It's not every single person. But I do think like that's what I see in myself when I talk to certain people's also youth. But it's it's also coming across a certain way, you know, like keeping that yeah. composure and all that. Like I could be 35 and you would have no idea because like <laughs> I just want to be cool with you. You know, like I, <laughs> I hope everyone likes yeah. me type of thing. So right. Totally. And I, and I, how you maybe changed the sports industry or my perception of it for me, it was like because for people, <laughs> yeah, no, you do. For people, you know, listening, I was in between either working for an old school agency and a new school. And old school was you wear a suit when you meet an athlete and you wear a suit to work and you wear a business attire and that's how things are done. But when I met Patrick, like he was literally the first thing I met, I think you're wearing like ripped jeans. You know, backwards hat. Unfortunately, like a, I wore ripped jeans. Yeah, I don't wear that chain. anymore. <laughs> yeah. A black team with a chain. And I was like, what? I'm so <laughs> Not that kind of chain. Like, yeah, it was It was presentable. Think, <laughs> it was presentable. <laughs> it was presentable. It was presentable. But, like, it was just, it was different. Like, he looked cool as opposed to, like, me dressed in business attire because I thought that's how I had to yeah. look. And then I thought, wow, this guy can relate so much more to athletes who are coming out of college than some six-year-old guy in a suit. And like, that was the message you're trying to persuade. And I loved it. And I was like, wow, I could be young in this industry because for so long, and I think a lot of people, students are trying to be in sports say, you know, you gotta, you gotta wait, you gotta wait your turn. You, you know, you're too young, you're too inexperienced. Um, but I just loved that about you when I first met you. Well, I appreciate that. Well, at, at the end of the day, I just want to be me. Like, I think I'm the most real yeah. person out there. I don't think I can even cover up a lot like that you know I would just start freaking out or whatever but it's just if I don't feel like myself I'm not going to act like myself and so but yeah, to but totally. yeah to update you yeah I'm, I moved on from the rip jeans and more in the <laughs> more in the joggers now like you can't catch me oh, yeah it's, okay. the, it's the joggers so <laughs> if I accidentally show up into a meeting in joggers that's my bad it's just kind of the meeting will go really well <laughs> so next question for you is I when I used to do interviews people would always say just believe in yourself. You just got to believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. But I was like, what does that mean? And you have said it, um, you know, in the last couple of minutes we've been talking here, but just kind of expand on like, what does believing in yourself mean to you? Like, I think we all know what we're capable of doing. And it's just like, you've asked me, like, how did you do it? You know, I'm not even sure there's really an answer to it, but you really got to hold yourself to that certain standard of knowing that you can go do that thing, whatever that thing might be. Like one person's done it. So it's, it's capable of doing it again in some sort of capacity. Now I can't go put up 62 points like MJ did in, in, you know, play around a golf beforehand, but, um, you know, just like, as far as like your overall vision of where you want to go, like you, you got to know that you can do anything and you just got to put your mind to it and then also connect the dots. Like that's more important. I can be like tomorrow I'm going to go wake up and I'm going to go work out. Right. Well, if, like if I don't change, not even just my mindset about that, but like, I've got to get the gear. I've got to figure out where I'm going to do it. You know, like you really do have to connect those dots. Um, but it is like, you got to like, honestly dream big, 
there's no reason not to dream big. Right. Mm -hmm. And so hold yourself to that, hold yourself to that and follow the path that you know, and that you go through and that you personally can feel not everyone's timeline is going to be the exact same. You know, yeah. like we always talk about how young I am and stuff like that. Well, I look at other people and I'm like, well, goodness gracious, they retired there at this age or whatever it might be. You know, it's like, yeah, ho- hopefully my time's coming. I know your yeah. time's coming, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, you just got to hold yourself to that standard. Honestly, don't let that go. Wow. That is so powerful. And one, the one last thing I'll say is that when I used to, when I did these, uh, these interviews at first, I used to say, I'm going to give you a series of, you know, things people might have said to you and you can answer them. But then I thought people were like, uh, like, I promise I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you. So my last question here, cause I really want to focus on mindset and how I feel like your mindset, um, can be so powerful and motivating for other people who are just entering this industry or any industry. Um, and they get a lot of slaps on the wrist when they first start out, you get told to sit down, you get told you're insignificant. And so I want to ask you if you had to think about, all the negative things maybe people have told you over the years, as far as your ability to do something, you can't do it. This won't work. What would you tell yourself now that you didn't know back then? Um, what would you say to yourself? Honestly, I would probably say that that's the best thing that ever happened to you, my guy. <laughs> honestly. I mean, that's the process. Yeah. Because again, like I didn't want to just, jump from where I was to where I am now, you know, like I met so many people along this way. I learned so much. I went through mistakes on my own, figuring out how to do all those things. And like, you know, you're going to have people who say certain things about you. You didn't do this. You're not going to become that. And it's like, thank you. You know, like really. And you do see all these people like the Joe Burrows of the world, you know, like it's told you can't do something, can't do it, whatever it is. There's a lot of people that have it. And like, he's going to go up there tonight. He's going to say thank you to everyone who, you know, helped me along my way, you know, totally. and he's definitely meaning those who didn't want him to succeed too. Yeah, totally. I love that. Well, you know, you know how I feel about you. You're so inspiring, so motivating. I, you have been like my number one mentor and person I look up to for three years now. So I'm so happy um, to have you on this. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I do. You're a superstar. And I want to know uh, what's, what's uh, your biggest dream in life? Uh, to be a GM for the Browns. <laughs> do you have a pen and paper? Yeah. Don't we write it down? I do. Okay. I'm going to write it down. Ah! Is there, are there any female GMs in the league? Heck no. Write that down. Okay. I'm writing it down now. Wow. And I'm going to put first female. Damn right. Okay. What do I do with the piece of paper? Just keep it? Don't lose it. (laughs) 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 I don't know what you do with it. Just don't lose it. (laughs) Okay. I won't lose it. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. If uh, people want to follow you, what's your handle? All of my social media is at Patrick M. Hayes. Perfect. Well, thank All you so much, Patrick. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having so me. Wonderful.